I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to 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 look at the subject of what's happened in Israel uh, in the last 24 to 36 hours, and I want to do it from a biblical perspective, and I want to make some some points as clear as I can possibly make them. God loves the Palestinians. Do you hear me? God loves the Palestinians. Don't ever, don't ever think that God hates anyone based on their birthright. And and so when we look at what's happening and we begin to process through, um, and we begin to look at the events, a number of leaders in Israel said that yesterday was their 9/11 that yesterday they could equate the terrorism and the hatred for a people and basically because they, they, they serve one God and one God only. Can we just make that clear? That the God of Abraham is the God that we know. Uh, they had a son named Yeshua who is the Messiah. And this all has to do is tie into to God's covenant and Messiah Yeshua who is Jesus Christ. And so all this is related, in my opinion, but I want to make sure we don't promote a cultural hatred towards a ideology because of a few crazy people. Does that make sense? And so we're going to take a look at Scripture of why it's important that we as Christians support the Jews and why important as a nation we support the Jews because there's some biblical precedents. And so all I want to do is take a look at that biblical precedence. I know a lot of Christians who hate Jews, and the moment you begin to talk about support for the Jews, they, they get angry. And, and my prayer is that God would deliver you from falsehood to reality. And so we're going to look at a number of scriptures today. So if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Because I think it's really, really, really important that we, we take a look at this as, as much as possible to, to get a clear understanding of what's happening in Israel and why it's so important for us. Amen. You guys seem so excited. I heard one A, and I heard no man. So if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Someone started off. Pastor, I want to hear about Jesus. Oh, you're going to hear about Jesus. Go ahead, 12, 1 to 3. Anybody there? Okay, can we just take a look at that first uh, section? Second, who, who, what is God saying here in this particular scripture? He's talking to Abram, who becomes who? Abraham, who becomes the father of Isaac, Jacob, all the way down to who? To Jesus. I, I want you to understand that when we take a look at this scripture, it, it doesn't just stop. With, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we have to understand that this promise, this covenant is not just for Abraham, it's for all his descendants. Ready? And it says, I will bless whoever blesses you, and I will curse whoever curses you. 
listen to me, it's really, really, really important that we establish that because this covenant with Abraham is still in effect in the, in the sense that, that Jesus fulfilled it and that, that if we have a heart to bless, ready? The descendants of Abraham became the nation of Israel. We, we have to understand that the lineage of the time that, that if we, or we bless them, we'll be blessed. If we curse them, they will be cursed. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you understand the significance of that? Yes, no, maybe. So as a nation, I'm just going to put some out there. As a nation, since our inception, the one thing that we've always done as a nation is we've done what? Supported Israel. I, I don't care how you look at it. There, there have been a few moments in time when we, where we, where we falter a little bit. And I, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular. But, but as long as we've been a nation, we become the, ready, our princes were based on who? God. How do we become the most powerful nation in the world in 250 years? Because we took up the covenant that God promised Abraham, if you bless me, I will bless you. And if you curse me, I'll curse you. So as a nation, since our inception, the one that we've always done has blessed and protected the nation of Israel. Until when? Until when? Is anybody aware of current events? As a nation, what do we do roughly seven days ago? We gave Iran $6 billion for the purpose of what's that? No, not to arm Israel, hard to harm Israel, ready? The moment we gave them $6 billion, they said, now we have America where you want them. Now we're going to go after the nation of Israel. The attack on Israel yesterday was funded by Iran and Hezbollah. We'll get to that in a minute. But by Iran and Hezbollah to take out the Jews because we released resources that we had are you guys, are you with me or no? We, we, we need to begin to understand that as a nation it's important because the moment we turn our back on Israel, all is going to break loose. Do you hear me? You may agree or disagree. You're, you're allowed to disagree with me. You're allowed to say, Joe, I don't agree. And I, I'm willing to have a discussion with you in reference to that. But, but we, need to, we, need to, we need to understand that what's happening there is just not a little skirmish that has no effect on us because we're in America and they're over there. It has a major effect on us and our relationship with God and how we respond and whether God is going to bless us or he's going to what? It's scriptural. Any questions? Do I think that the government knew? And the first part that comes to my mind, are we recording?
I don't care. They're too damn dumb to realize it. That they've chosen to put other things above God. That our nation is in the shape as it is now. Forgive me. I'm just going to lay it out there. The whole, the whole transgender, the whole, all, every, every dysphoria. Look, look, God loves those people. God loves them. We should love them. But all the, all the stuff that's permissible in schools today with the, the drag stuff and kicking God out of us, all those things are all a result of us turning our back on the covenant we have with God. And so what happens is I just, I just, I would love to tell you that they're, they were intelligent enough to know and they took a calculated risk and they missed it. I just don't think they care enough. I don't think they understand the scripture. And that's why it's so important we continue to look at the scripture and know the heart of God towards it. I think that's why the founding fathers were, were very scripture heavy in the Declaration of Independence. I think, I think it was really important to them that, that we had a biblical basis as a nation and we and our leaders have turned away. So listen to me. I'm not saying that we have to, to have the King David in the White House, but we need to make sure that the people we elect in, in offices understand the kingdom of heaven because if not, we're going to reap what we You guys are quiet this morning. I see this is going as well as I feel like it's going. It's heavy stuff. But it's important stuff. Ready? If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis 17. I'm not going to be real long this morning. We're going to be really, 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 really quick. Genesis 17, 19 to 22. Got hot in here all of a sudden. Okay, that's a lot to take in. So Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God that he would be the father of what? Many nations, right? Sarah couldn't have a child, and so she took matters into her own hands, and so she went to Abraham and said, why don't you sleep with Hagar? your servant, are you with me? Hagar, your servant, and maybe she will bear a child and we'll take that child as our own. What we have to understand is that Abraham did what exactly what Sarah said and they had a child by the name of Ishmael. What do you guys know about Ishmael? He's the father of the Muslim nation. God said, I'll bless them. There'll be 12, 12, we have 12 prophets, right? 12, 
but they also have 12. And God said he would bless them. But what he said is the covenant will rest on Isaac and not on Ishmael. How well do you think that has played out? If you say, hey, uh, Gordy, you have two kids? One. Who has two children here? You have two children. What would it be like if you went to your child and said, hey, I'm going to bless you, and all my goodness is going to go through you, and everything I am is going to go through you, and, and you're talking to your one child, and your other child saying what? What about me? What's that? They already do that? You already have a favorite? <laughs> okay, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? Not too well, right? So when you begin to take a look at it, and we look at this, this whole passage, we, we have to understand what is the covenant that God made through Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What is the covenant he made? That he would be their God. Keep going. They would be his people. Keep going. Come on, you gotta think. You gotta think bigger than that. And that the Messiah, would come through him. You you have to understand the biblical uh, uh, lineage, the biblical lineage of understanding that that God made that promise when He made a covenant. It's what a contract is guaranteed it's going to happen it's never going to to not happen but in the, all through history all the way through someone always tried to stop the lineage of Christ they tried to stop King David and you can go back to the genealogy in Matthew you can look at Rahab the prostitute you can you can look there's always been this attempt forgive me from the other side that says hey we're not going to allow this covenant to happen so here's what I'm going to get to point to. There's a prophetic word in Scripture that says that when Christ comes back, he'll come back to the Dome of the Rock, which is the original temple in Jerusalem. Okay, I got a question for you. Who's in charge of the Dome of the Rock right now? The Muslim nation. Ready? Anybody starting to see a conflict take place? What you have to understand, what's happening in Israel today and yesterday is not today or yesterday. It has happened since the beginning in Genesis. Mohammed, 622, says, hey, no, 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 no. The Bible is wrong that it was Ishmael was the one who was supposed to be blessed who the lineage of, of, the, of the Messiah or the great prophet was supposed to come through. And so from 622, ready, let's be honest, Muslims and Christians and Jews have been doing what? Do you understand that in a spiritual sense, there's a war that's going on that's been going on forever, and it's just starting to play out in front of our very eyes? I know this is going to be a revelation for some people. Jesus was a Jew. Mary was a 
Jew. You say, Pastor, that's not possible. Look, I'm going to tell you a story, and I won't mention who the woman is. Uh, but she's a relative, and uh, she teaches, wow, uh, she teaches catechism through the Catholic Church. Anybody know what catechism is? Their, their, their doctrine of what they believe. And in one part, it says that, that Mary was a Jew, and her first statement was what? The next thing you tell me, Jesus was a Jew. Like, you know, like, yes, Jesus was a Jew. And it took her by surprise. She had been teaching religion in the Catholic church in a Catholic school for 10 years in charge of all their religious education and had no clue that, that Mary was a Jew and Jesus was a Jew. Joe, it's not possible. I'm telling you, it's more than not possible. It's absolutely probable because today Jesus is just a figure. He's not a person. That we, that we need to begin to embrace and understand. Ready? Are we okay so far? I know this is deep. How many of you guys don't care about this? How many of you guys do care about this? I just want to make sure because if not, I can go home. I got paid for this month already, Chuck. Okay. Just want to make sure before I take off and leave. I'm just joking, just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. But what I'm getting at is what I'm trying to get at is we have to understand that, that we need to be able to see what's happening in a spiritual sense and just not on a, a surface level. What's happening in, in Israel today is not just a surface, uh, a surface thing. It is a major strategic battle in the kingdom of heaven that's trying to destroy the work of who? Anybody see that besides me or am I the only one out there? Okay. I'm going to quit asking questions. No answers today. I'm making you think. Is that a good thing? All right. Fire! Just Wow, important question. Why do why do why do they enter peace talks? Okay, so why do they enter peace talks? Every so often they enter peace talks. Why they? Why do they? Why? Uh, uh, why do they have peace talks? Because it's the heart of God for them to do what? It's a heart. It's a heart of God for them to come together. Because when they come together, guess who's coming back? Ready? When they come together, and what you have to understand is important. What's happening today? What happened year, uh, four or five years ago, they had the Abraham Accords where all of a sudden, ready, Jordan, Egypt, 
United Arab Emirates, a couple of nations came together, and they decided they were going to make peace with who? Saudi Arabia. We're going to make peace with who? The Jews. You all realize that? That's what Abraham Accords was all about. So they brought all these nations together. What we have to understand is about two or three weeks ago, Saudi Arabia and Egypt took another step to firm up the relationship and to come into agreement to work with Israel that the that the area the area would be unified and it would come together and the discord and division would what? Stop. My personal opinion is is when that happens, guess who's coming back? Jesus Christ is coming back. Who's the person who doesn't want Jesus Christ to come back? Who's the only person who can sow, can sow discord? What you have to understand is this is going to sound really bad. I feel bad as, for us as a nation that we release the money for the enemy of God to be used against the kingdom of God. That we as a nation release $6 billion to Iran and Hezbollah, who are the radical Muslims. I was going to put it out. They're the radical Muslims. There's moderate Muslims. There's peaceful Muslims. But there's a radical group that says, hey, we're going to try to stop the, the unification between the, the, the Palestinian Arab world and the Jews. Because once that happens, we become what? One person and one accord. And so the peace talks would try to bring everyone together. And, and what's happening is Hezbollah and Iran says that can never, ever, ever happen. When this happened, wow, when this happened, what did Saudi Arabia and Egypt do? Reached out to the U.S. and says, what? You need to intervene because what people don't realize is Iran is an enemy of Egypt and Saudi Arabia and Jordan and the United Arab Emirates. Do you understand that? So there's one faction that's trying to bring division because they, they don't want a unification because when it happens, the kingdom of God becomes one. Does that make sense? And you guys thought I was just a dumb redneck preacher. When's the last time we released funds to Iran? Yeah. Pallet loads. Pallet loads. That under, under the Obama administration, we released pallet loads of resources to Iran. Wow, I, I'm trying not to make this political. I'm really not. We had sanctions against Iran, and they weren't allowed to build nuclear capabilities. Under the current administration, all those sanctions have been lifted, and not only were they lifted, we funded it. So in a prophetic sense, what's going to happen to us if we curse the nation of Israel? It will not go well for us as a nation. We, we, we have to, and again, I don't like to go here very often because it's a really challenging situation because, again, I, I, I love people of every segment of society, but it becomes challenging. Guys, be, 
Is it something I said? I, I mentioned Obama and you leave. Wow. And so you're going to thank me and leave me. Where you going, baby? Oh, second Sunday. Come on, bring it. I, I, I want to be careful because it's easy to make it look political, and it's really not political. It, it's just a reality of. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. Stop. Correct. Wow. And that agenda lines up with the enemy's work against God, and I don't think they see that. Yes, there's an agenda. No, it's not healthy. Yes, it's detrimental, but they don't understand the spiritual spiritual people. And so you can't understand spiritual things if you're not a spiritual person. So I think, yes, what's happening is definitely a work of the enemy, but I don't think our nation's leaders understand. Even if you listen to the military guys today, they'll tell you why we need to support Israel and why it's important to support Israel. They're political allies. They're in the middle of the, the, the Arab nations. They support us, and, and they've been an ally, and they have resources and technology and all that, but they never they never put together the spiritual implications of us us blessing Israel and being blessed because we have blessed them, and the moment we curse them, we're going to be what? Curse. It's just it's just, it's, it's, it's it's scriptural, and if you look at I'm going to put that there. You look at prior to 9/11, we did the same thing. 9/11 was a wake up call for America to say, Hey man, you have turned your back on God, right? You need to repent and come back. The nation repented and came back for how long? What's that? About 20 minutes, ready? And so what happens is what we're doing is no different than what the nation of Israel did all throughout their history. They came to God. They repented. God blessed them. They sinned. God cursed them, right? It's a, if, you, if you read through all of, all of the Old Testament, it was a cyclical thing that they did, and we're doing the exact same thing. We don't have to do that. We just choose to do that. We, we choose not to serve God and to honor God. And because what happens is when God blesses a nation, they have a tendency to do what? Forget the God who blessed them. And God even says that in Deuteronomy. He says, when I bless you, don't forget me. You know why he said that? Because he knew the moment that he blessed us, we would what? Forget him. God says, okay. It's time for a wake-up call. Here you go. I 
I would tell you that 95% of the church today won't discuss this issue. Because it's unpopular and it's not fun. I was blessed that when I went to Bible college, I had two professors who were Messianic Jews. And I, I took one class in, um, it was called Jewish Roots, and we went through a lot of these different things I'm talking about today. So we had a greater understanding of the importance of the nation, and they brought it, they brought it from, from Genesis all the way through. If you ever get to listen to Dr. Michael Brown, um, just, a, just an incredible, Michael Brown studied to be a, uh, um, a priest, and so to be a priest in, uh, in the Jewish faith, you have to remember how many books? Anybody remember the books you have to remember? How many books you have to remember to be a priest in the Jewish faith? Five. Come on, baby. Ready? It's called the Torah. Ready? Michael Brown, true story, remembered every single scripture from Genesis through Revelation. You can go to Dr. Brown. You can say, hey, what does Revelation 1-3 say? He'll say it says this, and this is what it means. You can go, okay, well, Dr. Brown, that's so good. Why don't you go to... Go to some, some book we don't read. Go to Amos or go to, to, to one of those books. And, and say, oh, yeah, wait, blah, blah. I mean, he, this, this guy has a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And he taught our Jewish roots class. And it really kind of gave me a, a, a better understanding um, of, of, what, of what the importance of covenant was to God and the importance of blessing the Jewish people. And, and I grew up in a, an environment where... Um, Oh, this is going to sound really bad. It's confession time. The, the Jews were arrogant, obnoxious, thought they were better than everyone else. Now, maybe I was the only one who felt that way. But, but I dealt with a lot of Jewish people, and I didn't care for them. A little better than everybody else. Can I give you a revelation? They are. They're not better. They're just what? They're just blessed. Ready? Get over it. I play pickleball, right? Do you, do you know who my, my second favorite Jew is? Who's my second favorite Jew? Barry. I go to play pickleball. True story. Get mad at me. You want? I walk out. There'll be 50 people playing pickleball. And I'm like, yo, Barry, how's my second favorite Jew? And he looks at me and says, Joe, why, why can't I be number one? I said, Barry, Jesus will always be my favorite Jew, but you're a close second. You have no idea how many conversations that will bring up, you know, and, and, and to me talking about being blessed by the Jewish nation and being a part of, of understanding the, the greatness of it all. Are you with me? We're kind of circumventing here, but let's go. Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 11, and Deuteronomy 14, 2. Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 11. Really? Is that what it says? Is it the whole thing? 
7 to 11. 6 to 11. Sorry, go ahead. Wow. Someone read fourteen two. Ready? Listen to me. Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 14. God says out of his own mouth, you are my chosen people. Why? Because he said so. Well, but, 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 but what makes them special? Because God said they're special. Because God chose them. God chose them amongst what? All the other people on the face of the earth. But why? I don't know. I'm not God. Am I okay not knowing, knowing that God said, hey, they're my chosen people. I'm going to bless them. If you side with them, you'll be blessed. If you go against them, you'll be cursed. It's up to you. Ready? I'm not going to argue with God why he chose them and not someone else. That's a stupid argument because God knows more than I know. God is smarter. Chuck, Chuck don't give me that look. <laughs> What's that? Come on. Ready? And when he says, I chose you because you're the least of these people. Right? They were least in numbers. They were least in popularity. They were least in, in everything you can imagine. And God says, I'm going to take the least and make it the greatest. Why? Because people will have to acknowledge him. When they took the least of the people and made it the greatest of the, pe greatest of the people, they had to say there is a God, and he is God almighty. Are you all you want? Here's the reality. The, the numbers have changed a little bit. Some of us in Bible college. How many Jews live in Israel? How big is Israel? How big is Israel? How small? Ready? Israel is smaller than the state of Delaware. Israel has 2,000 less square miles than the state of Delaware. Seven million Jews who live in Israel, and in the surrounding Arab states, there's how many millions of Arabs? How many is a lot? 35 million Arabs live with a stone's throw of Israel. I got a simple question to ask. How come 35 million Arabs can't take out 6 million Jews?
Come on. Because God said so. I mean, think about it. That's a staggering number. The hand and protection of God has been with him because he made a covenant with them. What's a covenant? A binding legal contract that only can be represented and fulfilled by one party, and that party wasn't the Jews. That party was who? God. Do, do, you, do you understand that? Do you get that? Whether you like it or not, right? God made a contract with himself that he was going to protect Israel from the beginning of the time to the end of time, that they are the chosen people, that they will be the least and they'll become the greatest, and no one will wipe them off the face of the map. <laughs> Correct. God will not make a con break a contract with himself because God is a liar, not worthy to be served. And so when you look at this and you begin to break this down, 6 million Jews, 35 million Arabs, ready? Anybody else know anybody else who, in Scripture who was fighting wars for the kingdom of heaven with less men than the enemy? Gideon, ready? Gideon started with how many thousands and ended up with how many? 300. Why? Because the same covenant that he made back in De Deuteronomy still lived out through Gideon. Ready? King David defeated all the enemies. Right? You killed your thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. Ready? How big was David's army? 400 detestable men. God said, I'll take the least of these and make them the greatest so they will serve me and honor me, and they will know that God is what? God Almighty. Who anointed David king prior to David becoming a warrior for Saul. God. If you look at Scripture all the way through, it's the way that God just happens to work. Why did a new nation called America become the most prolific, wealthiest, powerful nation on the face of the earth? God took a new thing and made it a great thing because his hand was That's why it's important when we read the Declaration of Independence, we see all the writings about God and his blessing in his hand and how we shouldn't turn from the good book. Are you with me? Almost got excited and got out of the wind. He said God made an oath. What's an oath? What's that? A sworn promise, ready? God made a sworn promise to himself that he was going to bless and protect Israel. He made a promise to them, but he's the only one who can carry out that promise. Are you with me? Yes, no, maybe. And said so he brought them out of the bondage of what? Slavery. Where were they in slavery to? Egypt. <laughs> Come on, don't miss it. Who was in charge of Egypt? Pharaoh and the 
Ishmaelites. Oh, Ishmaelites. You ever hear that in Scripture? Ishmaelites were the descendants of Ishmael. Hagar was a Egyptian. Got me? Got, not me, got Scripture? You have to look beyond the, the, the surface veil, and you have to see in the depths of what's happening that, that I want to be careful because does, does God love the Palestinians? Yes. Does God love the Egyptians? Yes. But, but there's, there's a part of them that their, their biggest desire is not to destroy nations but destroy who? God Almighty. The, the altercations that are happening are not just over land. It's a spiritual principle. It's an it's a understanding of who God is. And God said he'll make a, ready? He said I'll make a vow for a thousand generations. How long is a generation? Biblically, how long is a generation? Roughly. 20 to 30 years. What we have to understand is that in the, in the New Testament, the average person didn't let, live past the age of 35. But a generation is typically 20 years. Ready? How long is 1,000 times 20? That's not hard. That wasn't a trick question. 1,000 <laughs> times 20 is, whew, man, you guys are on it this morning. 20,000 years, how long is that? Have we reached the end of 20,000 years yet? No, that's not a prophecy when Jesus is coming back. Don't say what Pastor Joe said. After 20,000, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is God's covenant and his promises are still what? Well, no, 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 they passed away after the Old Testament. No, that's not true. They passed away when Jesus came. That's not true. It says it's going to be there for 20,000 years. Oh, we can turn our back on Israel. It's no big deal. God didn't mean it now. He meant it for back then. No, Scripture says he meant it for. The promise he made to Isaac was what? The Messiah is going to come through your lineage. The promise he made to Ishmael is I'll bless you, but you are not a child of the covenant. My covenant is with the Jews and not the Muslims. My promise is going to come through the Jews, not through the Arab nations. I want to just be careful with Muslims because that gets a little tricky. But through the other group of people, we'll call them the Muslims, okay, let's just put it out there. That everything that God promised is going to come through this section and not this section, and it's going to cause what? Friction. How much friction? A lot of friction. Anybody have that brother you never got along with? Anybody have that relative you never got along with? Maybe that sister you never got along with. Right? If I can't get them awake, I'll get them while they're sleeping, but I'm going to win at any cost. And that's exactly what's happening is that, that this spiritual battle is, is being played out in front of us, and we need to have the eyes to see it. And the, and the eyes to understand exactly what's going on to the best of our human ability as we look through Scripture.
I, I share this all the time, and, and people get angry with me. How important is it for us as Christians to embrace our Jewish heritage? I know. I was going to tell you not to speak because I know you know. How important is it us for Christians to embrace our Jewish heritage? How do you know that? For everything that's written in the Bible, that sounds really good. Pick a scripture. Pick a verse. So remember Jesus, everything he taught and everything he did, we have to understand the teaching to do the doing. Romans 11, 17 to 24. I apologize if when I cussed earlier or used that term, if you were offended, please forgive me. That wasn't directed just towards the president. That was directed to everyone who is an anti-Semite in government who wants to punish the Jews and not support the Jews. Romans 11, 17 to 24. Romans 11, 17 to 24. Is it in there? I just want to make sure I didn't write the wrong scriptures down. Anybody have any idea what the scripture is talking about? Who is the natural olive tree? The Jewish state. The Jewish people. They are the foundation. They were the ones who were given the covenant promise um, through the Jewish people. We were what? Grafted in. We are so arrogant to believe to think that we replaced the Jews and that we're more important than the Jews. And Scripture says you're not more important than the Jews. You are just grafted in to what they already what? What does it mean to graft something? Anybody ever grafted something before? I'm not a guard. 
I know Doc has. What does it mean to graft something? You're marrying two parts together. Ready? It's kind of like the, the mending of bones. When you break a bone, it's now what? Stronger than when it was before it was originally what? What scripture is saying is without the Jewish understanding, without the, the covenant to the Jews, you grafted in won't be strong, but because of the understanding of who they are and the covenant God made with them, now all of a sudden we become stronger, ready, because we, we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the moment that a Christian says, I can't stand Jews or I hate Jews or any of those anti-Semitic things, and you, know, you hear a lot of it. Jimmy Carter was an anti-Semite. When you begin to look at this, you begin to understand that God says, wait a minute, without them you are nothing. And the covenant I made with them is going to be the covenant of the Messiah. And because you accepted the Messiah when they didn't, part of them were broken off, not all of them. But now all of a sudden you have become the chosen people. Because of your understanding of my covenant with the Jewish people. We cannot separate ourselves as Christians from the Jews. It is biblically impossible. If you say, hey, I'm going to go to heaven and, and I don't want to talk to anybody who's Jewish, guess who you're not going to talk to? Jesus. Who else? Mary. Martha. Everyone there. You're going to have a lonely conversation because you're going to be in the same asylum. Because no one's going to talk to you because here's the reality. You cannot escape our Jewish roots. And the generations. We inherited the promises of God and the covenants of God and the blessings of God because of our acceptance of the Messiah who happened to be a I have not read the full article, but Hopkins, this comes to the heart of division, Hopkins says they believe they can, tra they can trace DNA back to what? One original family. That everyone's DNA goes back to one family. Who would that family be? Adam and Eve. We are divided on so many fronts. And there's so much hatred on so many fronts. But we don't understand that we're all created in God's image. 
by God's DNA for God's purposes. Do we need to pray for the Jews? Absolutely. Do we need to pray for the innocent Palestinians who have been called up in the fray? Absolutely. Do we need to acknowledge that there's a radical remnant that's always trying to destroy the kingdom of heaven? Yes. I'm listening. I know this is deep. I know this is hard. I could go on and on and on. There used to be a saying that the sun would never set on the British Empire. Remember World War II, 1948? Great Britain made a decision. They were going to repatriate Jews to the promised land. The night before they were supposed to repatriate them, they chose not to. If you look at a map of the British Empire from 1948 to today, the British Empire has lost 75% of all of its possessions. Seriously, look it up. I had it this morning. I did a whole series on this. I tried to cherry pick the best parts or the, the parts I could make the most sense out of. But if you look at a map of 1948 to, to, to 2023, somewhere between 70 and 80% of the British Empire no longer exists. Why? Because they turned their backs on the Jews after they promised God they would repatriate the Jews to Israel. Pastor Joe, you, you, you make it sound like we should be fearful. Ready? Jason, a couple weeks ago, preached that there's 35 meanings of fear. Ready? And most of them are what? The word fear. The reason you should fear God is when you do something against God because there's always going to be repercussions for your actions. For generations. Look it up. Do your history lesson. It's astonishing. I'm listening. So if you look at Hezbollah, I'm just going to put it out there. If you look at Hezbollah, they use the word holy jihad. What does holy jihad mean? That's a holy war. Descendants of Ishmael going after the descendants of Isaac for the purpose of trying to destroy the covenants and the blessings of Yahweh. 
well, let's just stay out of it. You can't. You can't. I don't know what to do. Pray for Israel. Pray for, pray for Israel's protection. Did this bring any clarity or any thought process to what's happening and why it's so important? Terry, you got questions? You're lying to me. You have thoughts. Come on, express them. And that's why I came back when I started in the book of Acts when it talked about Jesus doing and teaching. We don't, we don't teach things that make us uncomfortable. We don't teach at a depth that's beyond surface level because we don't feel like people can understand it. And hence, we make decisions that are uninformed, illogical, and irresponsible. I didn't share this today so you would have more Understanding for understanding's sake. I share this so you know that it's our responsibility to pray for Israel. It's our responsibility to elect officials that understand what their decisions make, not just for our nation, but in the entirety of what decisions they're making. And there's been a lot of difficult decisions that have been made that have been dishonoring, displeasing to God. Let's just be honest. And somehow we want to know why we find ourselves in these spirals from time to time as a nation. It's because we have enacted all our law against the laws of God, thinking somehow we're going to what? Win. There's one word that comes to my mind. Anybody want to guess it? Stupid. No, it, What's Jason's, what's Jay, nonsense, trying to get better. It's nonsensical to believe that somehow 
our decisions are greater than the decisions that God has laid before us. We talk about being a godly nation, not on your life. Correct. We've turned him into a figurehead. You know, we, we've turned him into, even we, look, even when I, even when I preached at Abe's, um, 90% of the people in that room come from a charismatic Pentecostal spiritual background, and I went through Scripture and broke out Scripture, and they were completely mesmerized that everything they believed was actually in Scripture. That's crazy to me. And that's why I think it's important that we marry the Word of God with the presence of God to know the heart of God, for the people of God, to transform our community, our family, and our nation. I didn't share this to make myself look intelligent. Trust me. I share this because I really believe that we, as the children of God, need to pray for the root to become strong. Amen? Yes, ma'am.